you know, when people talk about the Buffalo Renaissance, it started in 2005. It was last time that the federal government did a major infrastructure investment of $350 billion. In addition, we were able to secure on behalf of our community another $300 million through a New York Power Authority federal settlement, which is financing the redevelopment of Buffalo's waterfront. So this next renaissance that will be financed with this $2 trillion bill uh, for Buffalo in Western New York has to be more inclusive. It has to be more equitable. And if you look at the component- United States Congressman Brian Higgins believes that Buffalo may be on the precipice of an age of renaissance, primarily through the investment of infrastructure. Higgins has represented the citizens of Buffalo for more than 17 years now. And in that time, he says he's seen the hardships. He's seen the loss of identity, and he's seen the hopelessness that follows history. We have never had such terror exacted on this community in the entire history of this community. Now on the brink of a 10th term in office, Higgins spoke of the price of reinvestment and how it may mend the mistakes of history. For Investigative Post, I'm Garrett Looker, and this is Newsmakers, a new podcast series on the individuals that play a role in the balance of power in the Queen City. Let me ask you about your priorities for this upcoming term. I, you are facing re-election in, in November, but it seems as if you have a pretty, um, a, a pretty easy walk. Uh, so, what are your priorities in this term, lo- locally? Well, I, I think that you know we have a long way to go. Buffalo, uh, Buffalo, for a long time had an inferiority complex, owing to decline of the steel industry, the decline of manufacturing, the decline of urban life generally, wide right, no goal. And Buffalo is on its back. And I believe that, you know, the collective emotion in Buffalo was that we believe that our fate as a city was determined by external forces over which we had no control. And that's what happens to communities. There's a human and, 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 and animal uh, psychology term called lost, uh, uh, learned helplessness. And what it basically does is, you know, it's, it's, it, it, everything you do, nothing changes. And then you just stop doing it. And eventually depression will overtake you. And I think that's where Buffalo was 15 years ago. And I think that some of the things that we did gave Buffalo hope that uh, if we don't stand up for ourselves, that we have nobody else to blame for our continued decline than us. So, you know, the waterfront obviously has been helpful. Downtown development, uh, the federal historic tax credit program has been extraordinarily well used in Buffalo uh, to convert older buildings to residential, commercial, mixed uses. Uh, Quality of life issues. Uh, We're cleaning up the Buffalo River. We've uh, spent about $100 billion uh, doing that. We've removed 62,000 semi-truck loads of contaminated sediment from uh, the bottom of the Buffalo River. We're looking to get the Niagara River, the Buffalo River, and 18 Mile Creek delisted. And, in, and within 
48 months. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I think that there's much more to do on the waterfront, better access for people, all communities. Uh, we have an initiative to spend uh, $50 million to do a brand new parkway at Tiff Street, which will open up uh, the waterfront to South Buffalo, West Seneca, uh, Lackawanna, uh, but also Louisiana Street, which will open up the waterfront to the east side of Buffalo, uh, another parkway. And then uh, the Wilson Initiative at Centennial also includes, it's a very Olmstedian uh, 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 vision uh, because good places where people can enjoy are great, but you got to be able to get there in a safe, pleasant way. So tree-lined parkways replacing old industrial roads. Michigan Street Bridge. Can Michigan we get, Street Bridge. Can we get that uh, It's replaced? funded. It's funded. Yeah. It's, it's taking longer than it. The other difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> but more uh, also uh, connecting the Buffalo River with the Outer Harbor and Canal Side. And there's still a lot of waterfront land to develop. Um, but those are my priorities. I, 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 don't, I don't live in Washington. I, I do my, my work there and I come home right away because it's a reminder as to why you're there. And I believe strongly as James Madison believed that Article One of the Constitution is, is Congress for a reason, because it's the most important. And the most important uh, chamber in, in Congress is the House, because yeah. it's closest to the people. So you, you've just outlined what you consider some successful applications of federal funds. Are you happy with the way city and county and other local governments have uh, employed uh, federal COVID relief funds that have been flowing in? over the past year and will continue to be spent for the next year? Yeah. Well, look, the priorities for a reason were placed on, for example, a city like Buffalo, replacing lead lines. You need know, all this work to, to, to clean the water so it gets to somebody's home, the end user, and then because of the pipes that carry what was clean water into the home is contaminated, it poses problems as it relates to uh, public health. It's a big, big problem. So a lot of the money is, gonna, is being used for that right now. Uh, the other is expanding broadband access. You know, broadband, again, is a, a nebulous term that packs a powerful punch. Uh, to become tech literate, you have to have access to tech. And people that are forced to go to, you know, Burger King or something because they have Wi-Fi, uh, these folks need the opportunity to succeed. And we should want everybody to have an equal opportunity to succeed. We, we are all the beneficiaries of that. And uh, that doesn't belong to one political ideology. It's common sense. Uh, when people have skills uh, and the ability to access those tools of collaboration, uh, technology, uh, they become economically independent and self-sufficient. Uh, everybody should want that for our fellow citizens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh How has that how has that money not been used so far and how the what ways let me rephrase this um, what hasn't been done with that money that you think ought to be done? Well, I think like anything else, you know the money comes directly from the federal government. It's to provide the city and the county with funds that you know they need to help us break out of the pandemic, which we're still in by the way um so, and then it becomes subject to the political process. You know, the mayor can propose something, which he did, and then the Common Council makes changes, which they did. Uh, does that reflect important priorities to them? Yeah, I was a Buffalo City Council member. I get that. 
Uh, is there any way to assess whether it's the highest and best use for those dollars? Probably not, because human nature plays a big role in determining where those monies are directed. Will they produce good things and tangible things for individual districts and neighborhoods? I think so. Is it the highest and best? I don't know. We'll have to determine that. Uh, once you know the report is done and how those dollars were spent and what the impact was, uh, the issue of you know the uh, minority communities, uh, black and brown communities, not only in Buffalo but throughout the nation, you know there was an original piece in the infrastructure bill uh, to commit twenty billion dollars just for the removal of expressways that ruined communities because this is not only a problem in Buffalo, it's a problem throughout the nation. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what we here might expect to see as a result of these recent legislative victories, including including the, the uh, infrastructure bill. Well, you, you're going to see, you know, uh, I think the, the community, uh, the Restore Our Community Coalition did a very good job in advocating for money. Now, there may be differences as to people may want to just remove that whole thing and create a parkway directly, you know, uh, literally imposing, imposing is the wrong word, but uh, instituting or reintroducing a parkway to connect Humboldt Parkway with Delaware Park. I think that would be great. You know, if you look at, if you look at, uh, if you look at the uh, Skidjackwood Expressway, the 198, right? It has been, uh, the speed has been reduced to 30 miles an hour, no more than a city street, right? Even though the accident, tragic accident, had nothing to do with speed. But here's the point. It's been like that for five years. So that expressway is no quicker. It turns out we can do without it, right? I think we've proven, uh, you know, unknowingly that that functions right now as a city street. So why is it elevated? Why is it dissecting uh, Delaware Park? Why not reduce it all to an at-grade parkway with protected bike lanes and a lot of trees, a lot of green? That's what we should be pursuing. And if we're going to spend $700 million, I think that would be the highest and best use. Uh, However, uh, there are people that live in the community that are directly affected that have their own concerns and they should be heard and taken into consideration. And in your experience, are they heard and taken into consideration by the State Department of Transportation? Not enough, but I think it will improve under this administration. You think? I do. Yeah. I do. I think, you know, there's, you know, the, I've, I've fought the DOT my whole life. This is why I invited you to comment. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, it's an arrogant, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a subculture. And, you know, they're more concerned about throughputs and traffic counts. I don't care about that nonsense. I care about quality of life. And if we have bridges, roads uh, that are obsolete, that are uh, a deterrent, uh, to a better quality of life, they should be addressed. You know, the, the built environment is never neutral. It either serves to, to heal or to hurt. And I think our built environment in many respects has hurt us because we have had decisions imposed on us. And, you know, I've spent a lot of my life fighting public authorities. 
because they are not accountable. And, you know, when we did the Power 30 settlement, uh, they were in a rush to get another 50-year license be before anybody figured out what the process was all about. So we fought them, but they are very, very powerful and, uh, and not accountable to communities. So, you know, the hope is that you get an optimal outcome to these processes, but again, human nature plays a role in this. And, you know, there's a reason we study the humanities. You know, human nature never changes. Uh, situations change. And, you know, there's greed, there's jealousy, there's, you know, there's a lot of emotion that goes into decision making. Uh, so my hope is that Buffalo, in the new Buffalo, would realize, you know, that it should reach beyond what we traditionally have and try to do something grander and try to address fundamentally what's going on in communities. You know, what did the pandemic do? It, it revealed the fragility of the American economy as it relates to communities of, of color. And, you know, the removal, that's why I mentioned earlier, of Humboldt Parkway, the only parkway of the entire Olmstead system, removed, lost, stolen. And if you believe in the healing power of parks, maybe the health disparities in the black community is attributable to the fact that they had their access to the healing power of parks, abundant sunshine and fresh air, stolen from them. Now, I want to listen to what they want as a replacement, uh, if it's a replacement to the Kensington Expressway, because that is the community that's been hurt mostly. So it's not only an environmental issue, a healthcare issue, it's a social justice issue. And, um, and, but I don't want a community to think that just because they're doing, going to be able to do something better, it's the best alternative that they have. And that's why I think the process really has to take into account the totality of both the, the, uh, the Kensington Expressway and the, the uh, Skijakova Expressway. Because as far as I'm concerned, it's one big unit. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, and there's ways to mitigate, you know, the complaints that people would have. Signal synchronization is something I'm pushing that we got funded. And that is, for example, in the city of, of Pittsburgh, they have reduced um, commute times uh, by 25%. They have reduced uh, emissions from automobiles by 25%. Uh, how'd they do it? They're coordinating by the use of technology that's available. Uh, there's their, their, their street signals. You drive around Buffalo, you know, you look at uh, uh, Genesee Street, uh, Broadway, uh, 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 Seneca Street, uh, Clinton, William. These are broad, wide boulevards. And, you know, people should be using them if you live in Chittawati to come to the city of Buffalo. And what would follow? Uh, private sector investment. You would see stores. But if you drive down Broadway uh, virtually any time of the day, not a lot of cars. Yeah. And a lot of open space, and there's no investment. And what, what do businesses look for when deciding where they're going to locate? They do traffic counts. You know, you don't want any business there. But as far as bakeries and, and, and good quality supermarkets and, and, and uh, uh, the kinds of things that communities desire, uh, you're not going to get them just because you want them. There has to be a, an established demand. And I think by 
reactivating the infrastructure that we already have. Keep in mind, you know, a lot of the, 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 the like the Skyway, the Kensington, the Skajakwita, they're all built about the same time because that was, you know, the Americans had an obsession with the automobile and to get out of urban areas to the suburbs, right? Right. Um, and simultaneous to their construction, or, or shortly thereafter, you see the decline of commercial strips on Jefferson. That's right. Seneca. You know, the routes that people were accustomed to taking from their respective suburbs. That's right. That's right. And, and what you did, not only was it, was it uh, bad for the damage that it did uh, to communities, uh, but it also resulted in disinvestment. And, you know, uh, people are, but people are, are, are thinking differently. You know, the Lexington Co-op is a cool example of something that's away from the big box, you know, supermarkets. Uh, these are the kinds of things that people are appreciating more. They appreciate uh, a bakery. They appreciate uh, a neighborhood-based uh, uh, business that they identify with and they support. But we have to help in our infrastructure planning, you know, although what I was going to say was it, uh, 1959, 1960, all those superstructures were constructed, right? Um, and, uh, but it was done at a time where the city's population was nearly 600,000. It was about 580,000. Today, it's 270,000. So we have, we've built up an infrastructure for a greater number of people than actually live here. Now, we want to grow the city's population, but we want to grow it in a way that adds value and quality and wealth to neighborhoods, doesn't take away those things. And, you know, post-pandemic in particular, what did people discover? Bicycles. What did they discover? They discovered uh, uh, value of parks. Uh, uh, the value of fresh air and sunshine, all of those things. So I would be more aggressive about making sure that we make changes to the urban landscape that is more equitable, that is more inclusive, but that is of greater quality. All of these things not only destroyed people's lives, but it destroyed the economy of the east side of Buffalo. And again, when I ask myself the question why, I gotta believe that people didn't intend necessarily to do that. But sometimes in you making decisions about what impacts will have on a community, you have to do a real community impact. You have to talk to the people, you have to understand the economy. Congressman Higgins' vision for the future of Buffalo and its infrastructure is echoed in the state's plan to partially cover the Kensington Expressway. The project would reunite two parts of the city that have been separated for decades. We're about to begin the environmental impact study regarding the removal of the Kensington Expressway and bringing it back to its original home. Uh, this community should no longer be divided and I'm very excited about bringing it back to be the Humboldt Parkway.